Oh gosh, I, I have to figure out nicknames. Okay, hey, do you want to like see if you can come up with nicknames on the fly? Sure. Okay. Absolutely never not. This no, just Wait, let's let that siren go away because somebody doesn't. That's know how too to much pressure for someone that hasn't eaten. No, no, no. Hal just has to do it. He has. Oh, I know good. he has a bank of them. That he I haven't eaten yet either. No, I don't. You, you think I have a bank of them? Oh, don't worry. Yeah, oh yeah, totally have a bank. Watch. There we go. <laughs> Listen to this. This is gonna be. Hear what I do next. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, we're good. Tights and Fights Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. There's a guy named Hal and there's Danielle and this guy Mike Eagle is there as well. Tights and Fights Podcast. Tights and Wrestling podcast, they call it Tights and Fights. Welcome to Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I stopped myself because I I know the rest of the music, but I couldn't (laughs) think of any more words. I believe you. Sometimes um, when I'm driving over here, I'll think of like, one time I did like a rap and I really worked on it. (laughs) Like for a 45 minute drive, I was like, all right, this is it. This fits the meter. It's going to be great. And then I got in and I forgot it and stumbled my way through. No you flow. Need to get in that voice app. Or you need to talk to Mr. Open Mike Eagle. That's right. That's right. He was there. He <sighs> saw it. He was very gracious. As is his want. As is his want. That's right. Uh, did I already say this is a show that discussing wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves? Yeah. Well, now you've heard it again. Now you know. If I say it three times, that's marketing. I'm Hal, making up nickname Suplex Loveland. And I'm joined today <laughs> by my fellow member of the Nation of Conversation. Lindsay, drop Kelk. <laughs> I did it. I did it. Oh, I came going, up with one. We're going so hard on that Kelk kick now. That's three weeks in a row. You have a good name. I will name. take it. I your, will take it. Your name is very like pun. Thank you. Susceptible. It's the nicest thing anyone's ever said about it. Your name's a real pun. <laughs> Someone once told me it sounded like a cat being sick. So <laughs> I'll take this instead. Thank you. Take that, Judith. If your name sounded like a dog being sick, you'd be Lindsay. Well, this isn't just a cat being sick and a dog being sick. It just sounds like anything being sick. It's so always the warm. Confused. I hate when a dog shudder, like your dog shudder walks around. Like, you know what's yeah. happening. Oh, they're making full eye contact with you, too, because they're like, this is going to happen. And they genetically are looking for the worst possible <laughs> yeah. place to yeah. do it. Is like, there you try any to soft guide them. In this yeah. room? Like, You're like, yes, Roscoe, there. Roscoe, come over here. Come <laughs> over here. It's, it's hardwood here. <laughs> <laughs> no, not on the rug. <laughs> And then it's, it's like house music. Has anybody done a house music beat? Just I know we're not talking about wrestling. Drop. Just waiting for the drop. <laughs> Can somebody record their dog vomiting and turn it into a house track? I'm sure Marshmallow will do it. That's house entrance music yeah. for his first debut match. <laughs> Here Roscoe, he is. No, Roscoe, no. It would be great. It would be perfect. <sighs> Later on in the show, we've got an interview with WOW Women oh. of Wrestling's Steffi Slays. She's going to tell our producer, Julian, all about how she became a wrestler and what to look forward to when WOW debuts this Friday. What? If you're If you're current, it's this Friday. If you're listening to it a week late, it already happened. Go back and find it and watch it. For goodness sakes. But first, let's talk about NXT TakeOver Blackpool from this past Saturday. We had new UK tag champions crowned with Zach Gibson and James Drake. Dave Mastiff beat Eddie Dennis. And Tony Storm beat Rhea Ripley for the women's title. Overall impressions before we get to the main event. 
yeah, I, I loved it. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was super fun. Um, I didn't know who was going to win all the matches. Uh, I didn't think it was too long, which apparently is a growing thing now as I get older. Everything's too long. It is too long. Everything it's... is too long. And too loud. And too loud. I mean, the crowd was very loud, but a UK crowd is always very loud. Sure. And I actually thought they added to it rather than took away from it in this on this occasion. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I really enjoyed it. I, I watched it in two parts because I was out and about doing stuff. Uh, and I was watching the first bit before we had to go out. And I did not want to stop watching it. Because I was like, I'm actually really enjoying it. So let's go get this thing done so we can go back and finish it. Uh, but I loved it. How about you? First of all, NXT, the NXT brand. I'm yeah. so glad it's under the NXT yes. brand. As I think that allows them a little bit more freedom to be themselves. Mm-hmm. I love the way this promotion is built. Yeah. I want more. But the fact that I'm not immediately getting more is okay. Yeah. Sometimes you want to want more. Yes. And that's good. You don't want to be tired of it already. Yeah. And it has such like you're right. It has such personality, which I think I don't want to be that person to compare and contrast. But you look at NXT UK versus 205 Live, yes. which are two new brands that they have created a similar timeline and similar number of people involved, equal talent on both sides of the roster. But you look at how they've created this personality and the character of NXT UK you, I believe it. I believe it's existed forever already. Um, yes. I just think what they've done with it has been fantastic. I care about everyone there already. I care about the stories coming out of this pay-per-view. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, I just thought it was great. Uh, the key, I, I had the same thought that you did. I love that they're not really mixed up in the main roster at all. Mm-hmm. I know Finn Balor appeared, but yeah. but that's different. That feels like a one-off that versus. Great. Yeah, that was just a, hey, kids, look at this. You like this one. Yeah. And, I don't want to s- like him. Yes. I don't want to see Pete Dunne getting lost in the shuffle on Raw or. No, or Mustache I, Mountain. I think Pete Dunne's going to yeah. be a superstar. I think he's yes. going to be one of the greatest. But what they're doing with him is genius. It's just hold him back, tease everyone with him, show people where they can go and find him if they want to see more of him. Yes. But they are just letting it build and build and grow and grow. He's still so young. Yes. He's so young. How is he? What is he? 20? Early 20s. Very wow. early 20s. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they incredible. all are. That's the other great thing about NXT UK. There's a bunch of really young people on that roster. I mean, there's older people as well that are coming in with the experience. I don't know how many times they said experience during the Mustache Mountain <laughs> tag match. It's like, I don't know if you know this, but Trent Seven has experience. <laughs> he's, ex- he's experience. He's bringing his experience. Oh, some experience from Trent Seven. Um, it's code for old. Yeah. Uh, yes, but it is. I love, there's so many youngsters on that roster. It's like Tyler Bate is but a wee baron. He's got to be, what, 21? maybe? Yeah. yeah. Tony Storm is really young. Rhea Ripley is really young. They have so much talent and it's all so young. There's so much to come from those guys. I also think it's a good reminder when we think about international wrestling that people gravitate towards Japan Mm -hmm. because it's so exalted and and rightly so. There's great work over there and great workers and that style is influenced and then maybe people think of Mexico second. They think of luchadors. But the tradition of professional wrestling mm-hmm. in the UK and throughout Europe is so rich. Yeah. So to be exposed to that in a way, you know, even if it's under the WWE banner, so yeah. it may not be the purest, it's good to be reminded 
of, yeah. of that style and how many super talented workers there are. And I think they're doing such good work with that. I mean, they mentioned during the, I think the commentary was really good on the show. I thought everyone was really, really great. Yeah. Um, they mentioned how Mustache Mountain's gear was uh, like tribute to other wrestlers that have gone by to, to British Bulldogs, I think. Yeah. Um, they mentioned that Preet Dunn's gear was a tribute to Regal. Like, it's really nice to see it being echoed through without, but yeah, like it's it's allowed to evolve. It's been allowed to be the new generation of it without trying to replicate, which I think if you've anyone seen any of the world of sports stuff they're doing on ITV, which is a more British led show. I watched some of the first season and it's, it's not this. It's not this. And I think for WWE to have come in and smashed it and to be doing it at the ballroom, doing it in Blackpool, which is like incredible. Yeah. It made me very happy as a fan and as a British fan. It made me very, very happy. For all the pluses and minuses mm-hmm. to Triple H as a businessman. Yeah. And even within the business. Are we talking about our friend Paul now? I think we're talking about our friend Paul yeah. just for a second. <laughs> that he's done a very good job for whatever extent of control he has over NXT and NXT UK of fostering... Yeah. Oh, I think he has complete control over this. He's fostering a, yeah. a, a place where the style can slightly change. Of yes. course, it, when WWE comes in to do a production, the, the, the level of technical knowledge on, on the television side yes. is going to be off the charts. They know how to light yep. it. They know how to shoot it. Yes, which the is sound. what World of Sport is missing horribly it's tough it's filmed like a game show and it's in a studio and it, it it feels cold there's no connection yeah the way they filmed this takeover and all the royal albert hall shows as well and the corn exchange shows and i know those venues i know those places they made it feel like you were there that you were part of that crowd they communicated the audience's excitement i i think the thing that triple h slash our friend paul does very very well compared to some other people that might be running other brands is he knows what he wants and he knows how he's going to get it. But what we've seen him do through NXT, whether it be through um, the trainers that he's hired, through his GMs or you know his producers, whoever he's hiring, right. he hires the best people to help him. He doesn't go in and say, as far as we know, I mean, I'm making assumptions based on what I've seen and the people I've talked to involved in this. He wants the people that know how to do it to make him look good instead of him going in and telling everyone what they're going to do because that's what he's decided. Right. And I think that is so telling that we're seeing these brands flourish and grow and be their own thing whilst maintaining the essence of WWE at the same time. I'm so excited about the future. Yeah. I, as long as the content, I don't, I don't care as much that he's going to take credit for everything. No, as long as he it goes do, well. You know, and I do, I do feel like he does. As I much. mean, I've been in a couple of those post takeover press conferences and he mm-hmm. does put everyone else over. He yes. does talk about his agents, his producers. For sure. But at the same time, like to all his sense and purposes, he's still a muck man. I mean, he's not, but he is. Yes. Yes, yes, <laughs> so, yes. So, you know, he's still going to be like, hey, look what I did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I, as long as he keeps delivering content like this and everyone's happy, I'm happy. So, just very quickly to wrap this up, uh, Pete Dunne beat Joe Coffey to retain the UK championship. But then Walter, of PWG and Progress fame, made his debut as the probable next challenger for the title. Tell us, what do we need to know about Walter? I, I So I don't know a tremendous amount about You don't know? Walter. He's a mystery man. I know who he is, and I, sure. I, um, I've i missed him at PWG. So I know he's been in Brown and PWG a lot. I have missed a bunch of PWG over the last year because I haven't been around for mm-hmm. whatever reason. Um, I know people who have seen him. I know people who love him. I've seen bits and pieces that he's done, and from what I can see from the very few matches I've seen of him is he just hits really hard, yep. and he's a massive badass, but everyone <laughs> seems keen. Like I, I, When he came out, I was like, I don't hate you. 
Nice coat. <laughs> and everyone liked his music. So, you know, I, I felt really, I was one of the people online who was like, oh, this is fun. I think he'll be cool. And people were like, how dare you not know who this incredible man is? I'm like, oh, shit. Sorry, I had stuff on. Um, but, like, you know, like, I'm so sorry. Uh, but I, I'm fine with that because it gives me more to be excited about. I do think he's going to probably take the belt off Pete Dunne, which is exciting because then I want to see what Pete Dunne's going to do and it's it's, it's important because there isn't anyone in there right now who I would say is a a significant challenger for the title as it stands so I'm excited for this giant powerhouse but it seems intellectual at the same time to come in and kick ass has Pete Dunne held that belt for 600 days am I right yes wow it's a bunch of days it really does feel like the territory days since he like passed his GCSEs he's had that belt (laughs) like that's what he got for passing his exams (laughs) like here you go here you go put this in your mouth put me in by bedtime (laughs) isn't that yummy (laughs) okay Finn Balor big week yes shows up at NXT uh, takeover Blackpool to beat uh, Jordan Devlin yes then shows up on Raw and beats John Cena, Drew McIntyre, and Baron Corbin. And gender. And gender to become the number one contender to the Universal title. Braun Strowman stripped. <laughs> yeah, find, that happened. Find $100,000, <sighs> flipped a limo. I would like to find him for his Instagram post, but that's just me. <laughs> and I've already gone off about that on the internet. So, Do you want to talk a little bit about it for people who listen to this who don't for follow the, you? For the Braun Strowman? Okay, I will. I don't want to um, upset anyone, offend anyone. I To make a very long story short, I opened Instagram last week. And, you know, you open it and the first picture comes up is whatever the first picture comes up. And the yeah. first picture that came up was a photo Braun had taken immediately post-hunting trip. Uh, with a huge deer strung up in the middle of the photo. You know, we've always known who stakes and weights Braun Strowman is outside of work. Mm-hmm. But it was like, oh, no. Because now I have to put you in that pile with Uncle Alan. And it's going to take <laughs> away some of my enjoyment of your stuff that you do. Yeah. Uh, and yes, yeah, so, and I talked to a lot of people online about it who felt the same way and people who were like aggressively triggered far more than I was by seeing such a graphic and violent image. Uh, but yeah, it was kind of bonkers. And then he smashed up Vince McMahon's car and got fined 100 grand. And I don't think the two were related. You sure? But I would have liked it. You know Vince is all over the gram. <laughs> he is. Well, he's very down with the kids. You know? Yeah. He lowers he his reading glasses. He was listening to then... NXT TakeOver. Yeah. So he definitely was watching and listening to the chants and didn't have someone nudge him and say, we need you to tweet. <laughs> Vince, pick up your phone. Yes, the one with the big text. Oh, my. He's always like, they have to hold him back. Oh, yeah. No, really I know. Happening. Keyboard warrior. Uh <laughs> So Braun is out of the picture. Good. I think ostensibly it's because they're gonna have Balor lose to to Brock Lesnar. I think he's gonna beat the demon paint off of his face. I would assume. I could only assume the way they build this is that uh, Brock doesn't fear I have one single tear right now. Yeah. you can't see it from where you are. Brock but... doesn't fear Finn, but Brock will fear the demon. Yeah, I, we all look. We all want to live in the reality I fear where the he wins, belts but that are like attached to the headdress. That's what I fear about the demon. Um, <laughs> I'm getting it off because I played the caterpillar in Alice in Wonderland in our high school production, and that body paint is a nightmare. Yeah, I just, I think he's gonna lose too. Yeah, because they're doing too much at building him up. Like the John Cena thing. It's like, well, young man, you pin me, so now I'm gonna hold your hand up and say. Go for, it. Go for it, young fella. It was certainly like a look. That was a nice moment it was, for John Cena. It was Cena. a lovely moment. He doesn't do that for many people. No, it was a huge deal. Um, 
I, I am in the minority that found it slightly condescending. I'm like, he's really good. Uh, but I realized how important it was yes. in the greater scheme of things. You got to sell it to the rubes. But I don't want him to lose. So I'm just going to no, sit here not. nursing my hope and my dreams and my joy. Protect them. Like yeah, I don't. I mean, little crystal baby. I'm not clamoring for a Braun Brock match. I'm not. No, champ, and I, I'm not I fully really expect clamoring. that's what we're getting at Mania, and that yeah, that's where Braun gets to win, and Brock gets to go back to sitting on his bum in his ranch doing nothing until yeah. he does UFC again, doped or not doped. Uh, so I don't know. I just I want to live in this tiny bubble. I have two weeks to live in hope. It all depends on how Brock feels. If he gets up for this match the way he did for the Daniel Bryan match, yes. which I give could be a great match. A lot of credit for the psychology of that to Daniel <laughs> Bryan. But, you know, if they have an idea that he likes, yeah. then hopefully well, they can have a very good match. We know they're capable. We know Finn is capable. We know Paul Heyman has huge amounts of respect for Finn, mm-hmm. which I think plays into this hugely because I think that will then affect how much respect Brock has for the match. It's being put together so hastily. When we talked about this weeks ago, we felt like it was headed in this direction, and then it seemingly wasn't, took a swerve, and now it's back again. I'm not mad about it. I'm really excited. It was like my one good thing that happened on all of Raw. (laughs) Um, Well, here's the, what have they been saying? uh, Shake things up? Fresh and... Fresh start. Fresh fresh start. start. So fresh. Well, Bobby Lashley got a fresh start winning the Intercontinental title in a triple threat match against Ambrose and Rollins. How about that, huh? Now the, the Seth and Dean thing continues... Ronda yeah. Rousey, Sasha Banks. I, like I'm just saying things that are happening because <laughs> really. But the one cool thing, mm. the women's tag titles look fantastic. The belts look amazing. Do we want to start Lindsay's rant about how the belts were introduced and the segment that preceded the belts being introduced? Uh, you know what? Let's just very quickly go through the other uh, couple things I have here. Yes. Andrade lost his name but picked up a victory over Rey Mysterio. Yes. Killer match. So good. So Ex- good. Excited to see him in the Rumble. Yeah. Big deal that, that Mysterio put him over. And where would you put these free agents that are showing up? You have Heavy Machinery and their protein shakes. <laughs> we do. Nikki Cross uh, showed up on Raw. Yep. I Lars don't know. Sullivan is I'm still not MIA. sure. Lars Sullivan apparently is having panic attacks backstage oh, poor and guy. not getting on TV, which I find very curious. I hope he gets whatever help he needs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's sakes. an odd one, isn't it? I mean, I don't, I don't think we've had any official response on that, so I don't no. want to speculate because it's yeah. someone's mental health. Hope he's getting help, and we can figure that out. I find this like teaser where they're just popping up backstage in their gear is kind of, it's really weird. EC3 is like, hey, yeah, so <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not putting on pants. Look at these abs. And That's I'm like, it. Okay, um, I don't know where I would, I would put Lacey Evans in the bin. I, other than that, I don't know where I would put anyone at the moment. I really did enjoy Heavy Machinery with New Day. Yeah. I thought that was fun. Uh, and I thought Becky smashed that, obviously. Yeah. Um, which was incredible. EC3, he could go to Raw because he could just be giant man meat for the Raw machine. Yeah. I don't see where he fits in SmackDown, maybe. But then I, I, everything feels very up in the air to me at the moment. When we should be sort of looking towards the road to WrestleMania, everything kind of feels like, we don't know. Yeah. Do you have any strong feelings about where anyone should be? I want them all in SmackDown where they have a chance to shine, frankly. Yeah. Let's talk about the women's tag titles. I'm going to set the script aside. Oh. Cross my legs <laughs> like a gentleman. <laughs> floor is yours. Well, starting with the tag titles, I'm really excited. I'm pleased we have them. I am not convinced by this Elimination Chamber tucking away of the tag titles. Because mm-hmm. we're going to have six tag teams in an Elimination Chamber match, which doesn't require any tag team 
ability because there's no tagging. There was a great tag team just to defend I know, I know that it point. Can exist, the but one like, in 2014 yes, was but pretty that great. was something that existed and was established. I was very much hoping we were going to get a tournament that led to the belts being. Uh, either decided at Mania or at least contested for the first time at Mania. It, right. This feels very much like, let's just, if they want it, they can have it. Let's just get it out of the way. This feels worrying to me that it is very much just something we're being given to be quiet. My biggest problem with how this was delivered and with WWE programming in general this week was that fresh start they've been promised looked an awful lot like the Attitude Era to me. <laughs> we had that segment with Alexa changing, which was absolutely insane. That was fully mad. And I was like slack jawed trying to work out what was happening. Like, so literally just someone came in to give her a coffee and she had a top off and then he just stood and stared at her. (laughs) Then she has her moment of bliss chat show, which she's going to have Paul Heyman on and she's going to present the tag team belts. But even that, it's like the tag team belts aren't the main thing to talk about. The main thing to talk about is Paul Heyman. And I love Paul Heyman and I think he's fantastic. But I like, should it not have been one or the other or could it not have been done differently where it wasn't immediately just eroded by a man Mm -hmm. and then not only that heavy machinery come out and start pouring at Alexa and shouting pretty lady so any shine given to the tag belts then was just destroyed it was a segment given over to a woman to present something about women that then was taken over by a man talking about a match between men and then even that was (laughs) taken over by Two dudes who are reduced to sort of Neanderthal, less than characters who are screaming pretty lady at Alexa Bliss and pouring at her. It's a five-time women's champion that we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. And then we moved on to SmackDown, where we have the continuing tale of Mandy and Naomi. And like, come on. I will give SmackDown its dues for the first 20 minutes were spectacular that I really enjoyed the Becky Oscar stuff mm-hmm. I thought the Iconics did really great yeah. I actually really loved the Iconics promo this week as well when they came in and made that joke about Becky being like oh bossy Becky typical for a man I was like oh that's actually really good <laughs> yeah. they're turning that on its head and use oh that was so smart and so great um, and then they had to do the Mandy Rose Naomi stuff you look at the match between Ray and Andrade It was an amazing match. It was a great match. Everyone's saying how fantastic it was. It was a match that came about because they are of similar backgrounds. They have similar styles. People have been wanting to see this match. It's been simmering under. It's been built very naturally. There was, you know, Ray didn't come in and be like, I'm going to take Zelina from you because he doesn't need to because we respect both men's talents and abilities and we trust them to put on a good match. This is the issue I then take with Mandy and Naomi is that someone behind the scenes believes the only way for us to care about this match is for it to be about Mandy saying I hate Naomi because I'm hotter than her which is what she said to Jimmy after she got him into the hotel room she didn't say I hate her because I'm better than her and I should be given the opportunity she's given she said I hate her because I'm hotter than her and it's like this is so far away from where we should be. And then it had to turn into a cat fight. It had to have Naomi almost coming out of her cat suit. She had to like zip it up as she was standing. They had to heavily imply that Jimmy was going to the hotel room to see what happened. We had to have Mandy in her underwear. Nothing about this is acceptable. We are all Sonia Deville turning around and saying like, come on. <laughs> like, I, there's no part of it that is acceptable to me. There is no part of it that has been played well, that has been well managed. Everything demeans these women. Everything diminishes their ability and their talent. Everything makes the viewer 
it, it assumes less of you. It makes it, it suggests to me that WWE thinks this is all you are interested in and all you are capable of as a viewer. You could only care about these women if we give you this very sordid, seedy storyline. And that's offensive to all of us. And then to make matters worse, it's like by far the most watched YouTube segment on WWE.com this morning, uh, which someone tried to use as an argument for me. I'm like, well, yeah, because you can't rub one out to fucking... Carmella visiting Stamford, Connecticut, can you? like? The hell I can't. <laughs> well, I mean, you can. You can. And if you, if when our truth picked up his figure, to, that was guess, very sensual. Yeah. I'm if not saying I did anything, but if I were going to. in front of a T-Rex head is your jam, yeah. you do you, friend. I'd be like, look at that liquor store. This is store. a very sex-positive podcast, and yeah. I am all for our superstars using their sexuality and being hot. Like, Finn Balor uses his sexuality constantly. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm... Totally, totally down with that. But he's not objectified he's as a He's not been objectified. He is using his sexuality. He is not being presented as a sexual object. And being. we are not being told that is all that is worthy of him. That's the only thing that has value about him. I do not want to see these women fighting this way for these things, for these reasons. I want to see them in the ring. I want Oscar Becky saying, I am better than you. That belt is my belt. I am the best at this. I want to see that. And I don't think that's too much to ask for. And it's what they've presented right now is so far from a fresh start. It feels like we are 10,000 miles back from even where evolution was. Right. End of my TED talk. Thank you for coming. Okay. Can I add something that bothers Please me do. about it? Please do. Yes, that is heel behavior, but there are more than two roles that a woman can play. <gasps> and if you don't have the ability to see outside of that, just look at what's worked in the product over the last few years. Becky Lynch is not popular because she's sexy or, or you know, she and Sasha Banks and Bailey and Charlotte mm-hmm. and Alexa Bliss and Oscar, they don't need a cheating angle no. to for, for them to be interesting or for them to hate one another or for them to get heat or for them to get pops. So if you can't see what's wrong with it, then you need to sit down and honestly take an inventory yes. of the roles that you see genders occupying across the spectrum. Yes. Across the entire spectrum. You and have this to is, well, you end up in a really awkward position because there are people pointing towards the numbers on WW.com on the replays to me to say, but this is what they want and they're an entertainment company giving people what they want. And I say, yes, to an extent, that is true. They are an entertainment company giving people what they want. But they also stand on a soapbox and tell me that they are for women's equality and that they are for putting women ahead in society. They're working with all these charities, with all these groups to give women opportunities, give girls opportunities, leadership, sports, all across the spectrum, except when it comes to their own product and within the their own company. It's so painful for me to watch and then to have to explain to people, like you say, why why it's diff- why it's problematic. Yeah, look, if you're a cis, straight, white male like me, I'll, let me. I'm not going to tell you what to do, because that would be the ultimate white male thing. <laughs> I'll tell you what I. I'll give you just a little hint into into what I do. I think every day I try to work outside of myself and challenge the things that I think are normal, that I have accepted. Um, even if, because that gut reaction comes from how you've been conditioned yes. by society and what you're told and your position within society. And it's, 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 uh, 
our responsibility if we want to become better people yes to challenge those notions and learn to grow and it's not comfortable and it's not it always be. easy no but that's yeah that is beyond the point and i'm sorry someone had all the pages left over from the emelina promos but like <laughs> oh, maybe no. just like shred those and don't just recycle them for mandy yeah uh let's keep this dialogue going you can do that on the facebook group facebook.com slash group slash tights fights and at tights fights on twitter and instagram when we come back steffi slays from wow women of wrestling that is up next on tights and fights Dead Pilot Society brings you exclusive readings of comedy pilots that were never made, featuring actors like Patton Oswalt. So the vampire from the future sleeps in the dude's studio during the day, and they hunt monsters at night. It's Blade meets the Odd Couple. <laughs> Adam Scott and Jane Levy. Come on, Corey. She's too serious, too businessy. She doesn't know the hokey pokey. Well, she'll learn what it's all about. <laughs> Busy Phillips and Dave Keckner. Baby, this is family. My Uncle Tell, who showed his wiener to Cinderella at Disneyland, is family. Do you want him staying with us? He did stay with us for three months. And he was a delight. A new pilot every month, only on Dead Pilot Society for Maximum Fun. Hey, it's Jesse, the host of Bullseye with Jesse Thorne. I'm coming to Portland, Oregon. We're going to be doing a very special live episode of Bullseye, my NPR interview show. It's taking place Friday, February 15th at Revolution Hall. What are you going to see if you go to Portland, Oregon to see this show? You will see me live on stage talking with folks like Corin Tucker from Slater Kinney, director Lance Bangs, writer Bill Oakley, Simpsons legend. Uh, we will also have live music from Roseblood and live comedy from Katie Wen. It's going to be a blast and a half. It's also part of a big podcast festival called Listen Up Portland. Tons of other great podcasts are playing at it, too. Our pals, the Doughboys, among others. So, again, that's Friday, February 15th at Revolution Hall in Portland, Oregon, 7 p.m. Tickets are on sale now. Get them at listenupportland.com. And thanks. Welcome back to Tyson Fights. I'm Julian Burrell, normally the producer of this podcast, but stepping into the hosting chair for just this one segment. Wow, Women of Wrestling is headed to Access TV on January 18th. It's going to star tons of great women superheroes, including Tessa Blanchard, Selena Majors, The Beast, and my guest at this time, Steffi Slays. Steffi, thanks so much for coming on to Tyson Fights. It's great to have you here. Hi, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so excited to be here. Before we really get into it, I have to tell you that uh, we spoke with Selena Majors a couple of weeks ago. Okay. She's another WOW wrestler for anybody who hasn't heard her yet. Uh, and she was very complimentary of you and her experience working with you. So can you like tell me what it's been like to be uh, to be trained by her? Oh my goodness, yes. It's been such an amazing experience being trained by Selena Majors. She's been my one and only coach throughout my whole pro wrestling career. Huh. So that shows how much I love her and I'm grateful and loyal to her. But yeah, she taught me since I was barely 18 how to wrestle and seven years passed by and here we are still doing amazing things together. Okay, so that was going to be my next question. I saw on your profile you're still listed as 22, but how old are you now? 
<laughs> I'm 25. 25. All right. Yeah. And are you the youngest one in your locker room? I was the youngest one in my locker room, but I actually got another friend of mine, Faith, to join. And she's actually the youngest. She's just turned 19. All right. The millennials are taking over. That's great. Yes, they are. (laughs) I'm also 26. And for my like entire career, everywhere I went, I was always kind of like the youngest guy who was everywhere. And I remember this is the first time I've worked anywhere that somebody's younger than me. And I was like, oh man, that was always kind of a point of pride with me. (laughs) I know. Same here. But you know what? It actually feels good to now pass down my knowledge to other youngsters who want to get into the business. So you're like like the young Padawan who's finally getting to be the Jedi master to other people. Yeah, <laughs> just just not not too fast though. I'm, <laughs> I'm barely teaching them like the the small stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's where it all gets started though. Exactly. Uh, you know, let's uh let's talk about you because uh, you said that you'd been training since you were 18. What made you want to be a wrestler? And also now a real life superhero. <laughs> um, to be honest, I didn't know at that point in my life what I wanted. I, I was just really, really lost and I had really no direction. I had no motive for life because I actually had suffered so much from depression wow. in my past years. And it just got her up to the point where I felt like, what's the point of even being here? Mm-hmm. And then my mom's best friend, Sofia Lopez, who is the attorney for WOW, the greatest attorney in the world, (laughs) (laughs) she's the one that recommended me to do WOW to come to the first day of training, which I did. Hmm. But my mom has communicated it. I thought it was a boxing class. I didn't think anything of it. She's like, oh, yeah, the girls, Sofia, she thinks that it'll be great to to get into a physical sport and to <laughs> to let out the emotions and just let it all go. I said, okay, I'll go to this boxing class. <laughs> and at the time, that day, that specific day, it was just the heels. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so these these people who just were clearly built to be intimidating. and everything. Exactly. So imagine this 18-year-old barely still in high school. I had spaghetti arms, spaghetti legs. I didn't know what it was to even lift a weight. I didn't know how to do the gym. I didn't know how to do cardio, nothing, just completely out of the loop of being fit. (laughs) And I walk into this training room and I see the ring. I'm like, oh, wow, that's a pretty cool um, boxing ring. I can't wait to get in there. (laughs) And then slowly the girls start arriving. And I remember one girl specifically, her name was Spike. Oh my gosh. I I looked at my mom and she's like, bye. I'm like, no, come back. Come back. Don't leave me here with these scary girls. I mean, her hair, she only had like one strip of hair. Everything else was shaved and, and tattoos just everywhere. And she just looked so rough, really rough, like I don't know, like a gangster movie or something, but <laughs> in real life. <laughs> yeah, she was built to, you know, make sure that you activated that fight or flight oh, response to make you make, get yes. you right into it. And I just remember just being there and like, I don't want to be here. What did I get myself into? I don't like this. <laughs> but class started and Selena Major was there that day and she was like in a pretty good mood. She was really happy with me and... But she didn't know it was my first day. She didn't, like, no one knew why Mm -hmm. I was there. Maybe they they thought I was, like, 
a daughter of somebody or something <laughs> like <laughs> and I got in the ring and I did all the drills super amazing and looked like I've been doing it for a long time nice and that's when Selena noticed something in me and since then I've been her right hand. Nice. That's really, really yeah. cool. And so, like, yeah. I, I take it you didn't grow up as a fan of wrestling at all, did you? Actually, to be honest, like, I know some of my friends are going to hate me, mm-hmm. but I'm just being honest. Like, when I was younger, that was just not my thing. The one who loved wrestling in my mm-hmm. house was my brother. <laughs> he was obsessed with WWE. He was obsessed with all the wrestler. He had to have all the figures he had to have every toy that came out every dvd every (laughs) everything like and i used to make fun of him growing up i'm like why are you watching these mans beat each other up and and they beat on like girls and it's nothing but violence this is not okay I was such a Barbie girl. That's who I was growing up. <laughs> <laughs> That's so. Does your brother think it's kind of cool now that like oh you God. actually went on ahead and took what he loved and made a made a go of having a career out of it? Yes, he is so proud of me. I like he's my biggest fan now, <laughs> and like he has all my stuff, and he's always there for every single show, and he's always bragging about like, oh, my sister's a wrestler, Aww. and yeah, it's so amazing. It's like he always been in love with this world and and it's just so ironic how I ended up being one Mm -hmm. (laughs) and now he can continue enjoying the wrestling as an adult (laughs) (laughs) as he got older maybe he thought like oh you know I'm gonna like you know maybe wrestling will be less of a thing in my life it's nope my sister's a wrestler so now I'm I'm surrounded by the industry again (laughs) exactly and and you know the funny thing is I made fun of it as a child growing up for so many years And this is what actually gave me a reason to live again. Like, this is what motivate me to wake up every single day and do better in life. And and it actually helped my depression. Wow. Like so much. That's so cool that like whenever somebody kind of finds their pet project or their passion that they like really gives them like a drive, it, it tends to make everything just more clear and it tends to like give you that thing to just keep striving for even when things get a little bit hard and exactly. yeah it's it's just like I mean because I know as somebody who who is the son of a, of a marriage family therapist I just I know that a lot of things just don't really leave you but you get better and you learn better ways of coping through with all of that stuff and that's amazing that you found yours that's such a cool thing that you get to share with with everybody who watches it with a whole audience you know yeah I'm so excited <laughs> you and speaking of audiences you guys are set to have a much bigger audience than you had previously what's this process been like of you guys getting ready to make your access TV debut yeah it, it's just it's all surreal it feels like it's happening so quickly, but I've been doing this for seven years right. now and I never thought, you know, this day would finally come and it's here. And now that it's here, it's like, I don't know yet. I can't put it into reality yet. Mm-hmm. Like I know it's here, but I just can't believe it now. It's like, wow, all this time I've been working so hard and pushing through my dreams and goals with wow. And now the world gets to see it. Mm -hmm. Like I I am super blessed. I'm super thankful for everything that happened. And I don't know, just the fact that it's going to be on TV, 
it hasn't really hit me yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to be real until it actually is real. One of those things. Exactly. Like I just found out that I'm on the cover on oh, the On Dish magazine. Dang. And I'm like, me? <laughs> I've never, ever been on the cover of anything. <laughs> <laughs> Have they given you a, a copy so, of the magazine? Like, <laughs> Yes, I'm trying to hunt it down. We're hunting it down. And, you know, <laughs> because that's just... It's a complete blessing. And, That's great. you know, I already have a few of my childhood friends that already received it. Oh, and that's so taking cool. pictures with it. So it's like, oh my gosh, that's me. You have me in your house. That is so cool. <laughs> that's great too, because it also kind of ties into uh, your persona in the ring. Your character is very um, focused on like being Instagram famous and like loves her Instagram following. And like, I think your is your finisher called a uh, delete your account, hashtag delete your account. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they want it to be all like social media based. No, that's so great. It's just, yeah, I love it. <laughs> I, I love it, too, because honestly, like we as wrestling fans do, because me and my, my host, even when we're not doing this show, we always talk about wrestling because we're such dorks. But <laughs> we, I, I always said if I could really get into like being a character, my nickname would be the Villennial, because I always felt like what's the one thing that all wrestling fans that are in their 40s and 50s don't want to get down with? It's the younger kids. It's like people like me. And I would like come out like live streaming everything i was like you know you, you you just do so many different things you come out with like a fidget spinner just anything that would like really make people angry because that would make me really hated That's amazing. by it make me hated by old yeah. people but it would make me really loved by people that were like my age because i was just being like them so <laughs> That's amazing. I'm really glad to see a lot of like that vision kind of realized in a lot of the things that you do and a lot of the mannerisms that you portray whenever you're in the ring. It's really, really cool mm -hmm. to see. That's awesome. Thank you. So, How did that whole uh, character come about? Like, how did you brainstorm it? How did you work on that stuff? Because the physical stuff is one thing. And then it's like, how are you working for an audience? How are you making them care about the physical things that you do? So how did uh, how did your mannerisms come about? You know, so I feel like Stuffy Slays is a bigger version of who I am in the real life. Mm -hmm. Besides being on social media and engaging with people through that platform, She's also a very hardworking person and, and always trying to challenge herself, whether it's education or doing more work mm -hmm. or, you know, something adventurous. And that's just who I am in life because my whole 10, 15 years of my past that I wasted being depressed and mm -hmm. suicidal and focusing on the negative, I realized that I need to turn my life around and just focus on everything positive. Mm -hmm. So I'm in school full time. I already got my degree in business and I decided to go back to school and take on the medical field. Wow. <laughs> so I'm studying ultrasound and I'm almost <laughs> done. I have about a year and a half left wow. until I'm done. That's one aspect of my life. Another part of me is that I'm always constantly working because I see my mom who raised us as a single parent, seeing what my dad had left her with nothing and seeing mm -hmm. how she turned nothing into something just really inspired me to just do the same and be a hard worker and to hustle and, and just be active and, and better yourself as much as you can. So that that's just who Steffi Slays is. I'm, I'm always there mm -hmm. to face challenges and no matter how big or how small the challenge is, I'm going to face it. I'm going to do my best to conquer it. Mm -hmm. You know, one thing I'm kind of curious about, you mentioned that Steffi Slays is kind of a bigger 
part of who you are in real life. I'm mm-hmm. wondering, because you get to play this character that is very idealized and very you, but also not you, does that also kind of help you in real life? Is like knowing that there's this ideal person inside of you that you know you can tap into whenever. Does it help you like get through things just in everyday life, like little setbacks that real life things that can't be solved by, you know, punching somebody else in the face in the ring. (laughs) Yeah, no, definitely. I, to be honest, this is the first time someone has ever put that into wording. Um, And it's so amazing to hear it because that's, I've always tried to figure out how to say it, (laughs) but it never came to mind until you said it now and hearing it just sounds so beautiful. (laughs) And I totally agree with that because when I'm Steffi Slays, I'm in the most positive mindset, no matter how tough the situation gets. I'm so positive. I say nothing negative, but me as me in the real life, when I face situations like that, sometimes I am not the greatest Mm -hmm. and sometimes I let the negativity actually take on upon me. And and that's actually something that I work on every single day because I suffer so long with depression. Mm -hmm. I'm fine now. I'm healthy now. I'm happy. Mm -hmm. But there are temporary moments where I do break down. And that's when I do wish Steffi Slays would come in and save me (laughs) from my real life problems. Yeah, I remember one of the the coping mechanisms that I always had whenever I was like dealing with any sort of anxiety or anything. I would pretend that like the person who would be able to handle this no problem would like tap me on the shoulder and just be like, hey, I got this. And then I would just try to (laughs) I would just try to imitate whatever that person would do. And it usually usually would help me pretty well. It would like uh, I'm glad that you get to live it out and also give that voice more life via the ring and via television and everything. It's it's really cool. Yeah, it is. (laughs) So with the show coming up, like I said, what goals do you have for yourself? I mean, you've been at this for quite a while. In fact, I think like there are people who are veterans of the wrestling industry who haven't put in the time that you have, especially at such a young age, which is really cool. What are you trying to do now, now that uh, you've got a new platform and presumably a new audience that's get to check you guys out? I just really want to encourage people that no matter how tough things get, that everything's going to be okay and that you can keep going and moving forward and and you're going to be perfectly fine. Like I really just want to put a positive message out there. There's really nothing specific. Like I'm not looking to become a superstar. I'm not looking to become famous on the TV Mm -hmm. aspect. I'm not looking to be the champ of wow, which would be awesome, but that's (laughs) not like, that's not my priority. My priority is to really put my life experience and what I've gone through on television to let people know that, hey, I was there just like you, but I made it out and I'm fine. And, mm-hmm. and if I can do it, you can do it too. So it's really, it's more of a way just to be positive and, and to just hopefully make a difference in at least one person's life because I wish I had someone like that in my life growing up. And now that I've conquered so many hardships, I want to be that person for somebody. Um, When we were filming the TV show, everything that Steffi Slays had to partake in, it's just, it really, it all has a deeper meaning to it. Everything is connected with what I was, what I went through. And it's, I cry. (laughs) You're going to see that I cry so much. And it's not for the show, but really because I tapped into a moment in my life that it reminded me Mm -hmm. of something similar. Mm -hmm. So while filming the show, real emotions were 
were coming through. And that's, that's what people are going to see throughout the the series. Absolutely. Well, I can't wait for the first episode, which will, like I said, be coming on January 18th on Access TV. Steffi Slays, you can see her on WOW when it debuts. Steffi, thank you so much for talking with me. It's been a lot of fun and I wish you and WOW all the success in the world. I can't wait to see where it goes from here. Oh, thank you so much. Me too. <laughs> That does it for Tights and Fights. We are a podcast on the Maximum Fun Network. This week, your hosts were Lindsay Kelk and me, Hal Lublin. Uh, I'm going to be in San Francisco this weekend. What? Work Juice Improv, Friday night. That is the 18th at 10 p.m. That is at the Brava Theater, I believe. And then I think at Cafe du Nord. Uh, Saturday evening at 10.30 as uh, we got this with Mark and Hal. SF Sketchfest. Think.com is where you can get your tickets. And we're going to have Lorraine Newman on our show, Ooh. which as a comedy nerd That's and an funky. SNL nerd is a dream come true. Very uh, and I'll be a block away from where we're recording this on the 30th of January at Dynasty Typewriter doing Work Juice Improv. So come see that. See it all. Follow me at Hal Lublin everywhere you follow people. Lindsay? Um, I, I'm just, I'm also going to say see it all. Um, but no, see, see nothing. All. See nothing. See nothing. Oh, you can see nothing of me. Close I write eyes. letters. Um, words. Uh, yes, books. I've got books. Please check them out. Uh, and I have another podcast, a beauty podcast, which is a strange Venn diagram of wrestling and beauty, but it, it exists and it's real. And I know you, I know you if you're listening to both of them. I know you because <laughs> you know my soul. Uh, so yes, please check out full coverage, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get podcasts. And I am all over the internet for your wanton anti-hunting and misogynistic abuse at Lindsay Kelk. Please come say hi. I love to mute you people. <laughs> Our producer, Julian Burrell, has a new favorite son in Smash Brothers named Krom. And I'll tell you right now, if you have a chance to play Julian in Smash Brothers, you're going to think twice about all your life choices. <laughs> Senior producer at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music, so we're putting him over for that. Keep up with us all week long at Facebook.com slash group slash Tights Fights and at Tights Fights on Twitter and on Instagram. If you love the show, remember to hit those five stars on Apple Podcasts and share us with all your friends. Thank you so much to the Max Fund members who have a portion of their recurring monthly contribution. Keep the lights on while we're here. Max Fund Drive coming up soon. Get ready. Start, start practicing your Max Fund Drive carols and getting your decorations <laughs> out so you can decorate the tree. We'll be back next week for even more, you guessed it, wrestling. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.